Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Boy and Ricky Williams. What okay. up? Um, so it's, been, it's been quite a long time since we've actually done an episode. Uh, yeah, we had the summer break and the fall break. <laughs> <laughs> We're just on one long break. That's all it was. Um, the good news about us not recording thing is I got my ass in gear and started um, editing the podcast that we've already recorded. I know and, that. That's uh, the and cartoon series that you posted up, and I was like, oh, I forgot we did that. <laughs> uh, so, so it's so I did all the recent ones. Um, and now I'm working through some of the ones that were posted, but only posted on YouTube, and they're going up onto the podcatchers. Um, so the ones, the the last two that I record, um, edited were actually from 2016. Uh, so yeah, so I I have a ton that I'm gonna actually be putting up on the on the the podcast. Now, like I said, those were available, but they were only available on YouTube. Um, so so I guess that's a good place to start is to start off with a little announcement. So every Thursday at five o'clock, we'll have a new episode posted to the feed. Uh, some of them, yeah, some of them will be, um, quite old and you might hear us talking about things that are, you know, irrelevant. Um, I'm not going to post the ones to the feed that were like, um, you know, like we reviewed the iPhone eight, like nobody cares now anymore. (laughs) Who cares? Right. And there's no sense in posting that. Um, but the, the movie reviews and the comic reviews, like, um, the, the the most recent ones I did were uh like the introduction of Deadpool the comic that we did back in 2016 and then we did uh, Children of Men. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that we did Children of Men, but apparently it was. Um, and actually the, the the hilarious thing, guys, is that that that, co- that introduction of Deadpool comic review that was during one of the times where we changed the name for like half a minute. <laughs> so I had to edit that part out. <laughs> It was it was ridiculous. Anyways, um, the, the, I guess the announcement is that um, every Thursday on your chosen podcatcher, you can get this. Um, we're available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Bre- uh, Breaker, whatever that is, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, and Spotify. I've been very busy. <laughs> mm. um, and you can wow. listen to us on, on any of those. Um, and eventually I'll get my ass and do it on Stitcher as well. Um, a Stitcher is a pain in the ass to submit a podcast to. I don't know why. And, and I just can't seem to figure it out. And it, like, it's too convoluted. Like, I have like six different ways of submitting and five of them are wrong. Um, just don't work. <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, this time, uh, and thank you phone for giving me a notification for no reason. Anyways, um, this is the three cast. We review things, pod, um, movies, TV shows, comic books. Um, this time, so for like the last two years or so, we've been slowly making our way through the Bond series, and we're on number four. <laughs> uh, we don't want to rush this. These you can't rush these things. Right? The, the problem, I think. We're doing it the right way, and I think, especially Vince, you'll agree with me that we these films are so bad that we have to spread them out. Because if we did them one after a time, we'd just all commit suicide or something. I would really start questioning your choice in movies, um, just (laughs) as if you don't already. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this one was bad. This one was bad. All right, so Thunderball is the fourth Bond movie, um, and that's what we watched for today. It was. so I mean, there, 
The plot of the movie, basically, Spectre ran by number one with the, you know, the cat, the cat guy again. Um, he has plots with his organization to steal two nuclear weapons and hold them for ransom. Um, and apparently, I mean, this being the Cold War, Britain's just flying around with nuclear weapons armed for no reason. Um, I mean, it never really explains why they have a plane that's armed with actual nuclear weapons. I know the Russians did that. I never knew that the Americans and the British did that. Um, anyways, um, they're successful in actually getting the nuclear weapons, and then Bond goes on vacation for a little while and eventually finds the nuclear weapons. Um, that's the plot of the movie. Oh, and he uh, gets There's a with, lot of like, sex in, the, in, in, in between. <laughs> in Not so consensual sex. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> um, and and interspersed between the sex and the vacations and the finding nuclear weapons, there's also really terrible uses of what I think yeah. the director hoped the technology of the future would be, like the the jetpack and um, <laughs> you know you have the, the the spring water out of the back of the car and there's just so much, so many bad bad things. Um, I don't even know where to. I mean, that's the plot of the movie. I mean, there's literally, it's James Bond on vacation. Sean Connery with his continued inability to do a British accent. Um, I mean, I complain about that every single time. Um, so Vince, why don't you? Why don't we start off with you? Why don't you tell us what you thought of this movie? Okay, so I don't remember when we first got assigned this movie, but it was a long time ago. So I, I, yeah. I was just recounting prior to recording, like I could remember basic blips and blobs of the plot, but for the life of me, this thing came across as just. You know, after a few movies, James Bond decides to take vacation. And not only did he take vacation, this whole movie was a vacation. Vacation from, like, a real tangible plot. And that's even bad by, like, Bond standards, right? Like, it was like, I couldn't remember what was the purpose of, like, him going to the tropics, right? What was the purpose of him, like, you know, getting all wet and wild on the beach and stuff? Like, it was just really ridiculous that I could not remember why certain things happened. And, and usually I'm good about these things, right? The second thing beyond the plot um, and, and the kind of lackluster issue was that, you know, it, as, as much as we like to say that Bond was all about, like, the, the gadgets and the gals, I mean, yeah, there was tons of both, right? Like, the as you were saying, the spraying water, the, the kind of uh, uh, bulletproof shield that pops out of the car, you know, the, the jet pack. Yeah, you, you notice they, they, miss, they shot, like, 20 times and before that actually popped up, and not a single shot hit the car. That raised up, and all of a sudden, they're marksmen. Well, okay. So, 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 I was just gonna say, like, so they they, they covered the, the kind of uh, telltale things that Bond movies are are known for, and that made them popular. Lots of gals, lots of gadgets. But that was that. That was actually it. And and you quickly realize that if you remove a plot to join all these things together, those things just come across as like like honestly like a um, a Playboy like I mean like articles Playboy thing like titillating imagery as well as like cool things and cool gadgets like it was just like a a kind of like sophomoric kind of uh, movie and it pandered and of course i didn't know this um but uh, I, I was just pulling up a couple of things on on imdb i didn't realize that that year thunderball was the highest grossing movie in north america and that baffles the mind but then what i did you you saw that list up? What other movies were out that year? Do you know? No, it just said that it just says. Did you know that this is the highest grossing movie? And I was like, oh, that is impossible. Or, man, how bad were the '60s um, that uh, that this had to come out and and be top? 
The next thing that brings that comes to mind in this movie was as much as it liked to string the idea of like continuity, which I, I got to give credit for because having Spectre with all the other movies in, in, in uh, there's far too many movies in James Bond where there's no consistent malevolent force. I am glad to have Spectre, right? Because it actually offers some continuity, but it just becomes like one of those kind of um, serial kind of shows where it's like, oh, the bad guy escapes at the end, you know? Oh, you got you didn't quite get the bad bad guy, you got the minion, right? And that kind right. of sets the tone for like, I'll get you next time, gadget kind of thing, where it's like, oh man, <laughs> it's just a really bad ploy. And and the final thing about this movie that really kind of irked me um, was just it was so laughable. Like every, like you know, Matt, you were touching on it already. Like just that they've suddenly become marksmen, or that like you know, if you know your sharks, unless those sharks were like starved for like weeks on end or something. Like, there's nothing that would kind of force these things. The production values, the kind of logic was all, like, flubby. Like, you know, when you go into the water, did you notice that it's just sand? Like, there's nothing beyond. There's nothing, like, no plants, no real fish or anything on the actual... Like, it it was, like, taken literally in some guy's swimming pool with, like, you know, a couple of dump trucks of sand, right? And that's why, it comes to my final point, that's why you can understand when, you know, Mike Myers makes Austin Powers... It's so evident there's so many derivative things, whether it's the stupid gadgets, the stupid lines, um, the stupid one-liners, um, the, the, the kind of uh, laughable uh, cliches and tropes of like the guy with the you know, eye patch over his eyes being the bad guy. You know, um, it, all these things just kind of fell apart and made it so laughable that it's like the iconoclast cheesy spy movie. And that's unfortunate yeah. because it's actually the real deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah so... I always thought that um, Austin Powers was like a huge parody of James Bond. Like, it, like it took everything and made it completely. No, you know, it, it, magnifying it, glass. That's the problem, right? I, like, so, the, the thing is, like, <coughs> I, I'm not even sure Austin Powers now is that uh, much of a parody. I mean, there were so many things they just took directly from the movie. I mean, <laughs> number two, um, the the one hundred million dollars thing. The only thing you didn't see is the the guy holding his pinky up to his lips or whatever. I mean, because he, you know, um, the the electrocuting chair that just you know floats into the pot, into the ground and then comes back up completely empty. Um, it, so Vince, you were talking about how this was the 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 largest grossing movie in the year that it came out. And this is nineteen sixty five. Here are the other movies that came out: The Sound of Music, Doctor oh, Shivago. That must have made more. That must have made more than this movie. Um, nope. Wow. Wow. No one likes I mean, singing nuns. <laughs> well, right, so I, I, I think that the sound of music, kind of like uh, Mary Poppins and um, uh, like uh, several other movies that you could probably name, became a lot more popular long after they came out, right? Yeah. So they're more popular now than they were when they came out in movies. Um, but you can't say that about – what's interesting is you can't say that about Thunderball – so while the sound of the music is something that's still popular and lots of people still like, I I mean I mean people still like James Bond, but they don't necessarily like the early ones. I mean James Bond is just something that's continued on. Um. Anyways, uh, so Ricky, why don't you tell us what you thought of the movie? Um. Okay. So <laughs> much like usual, um, my taste is very different from you guys. <clears throat> so the thing is, now I grew up watching all of the older James Bond movies. Um, my parents loved them because they grew up 
in that era. And so they, they watched them. And then, of course, you know, I was like 10 or 12 or something. So I watched them too. So I have that kind of rose colored look at the, at the older movies just because I watched them at that time. But I think even still, you guys are still a little too critical because you're more comparing it with a bias of today's movies because the same thing happens like I remember as a kid when I watched the very first Terminator movie my mind was blown away like it was insane I thought it was so good it was amazing the idea and a couple years ago I watched it again and it was hard to even watch the movie until the end because everything was so laughable now because I was comparing all the CG to today's <laughs> standards. And it was just, you know, the there was the scene where the Terminator uh, exoskeleton is in the, the press and he's trying to get out, he's crawling. It's so jerky and so... Like, it looked like something that, you know, I could model in 3D software and get something that looks better. But at the time when I watched it, like, this was amazing. Like, there are certain movies, like the Star Wars franchise, and you watch the older movies, and if you watch it even today, it still holds up. There are some things that, obviously, the humongous dials and the big tubes and shit like that, but just in general, it doesn't really look that dated, like not, you know, but I would say it's the same thing with Bond, you have to realize the era that it's coming out of, you you can't fully understand, because you weren't in that era, you didn't drive the cars, you didn't buy stuff at the grocery store, you, you didn't think about the future, and wonder what it would be like. So you can't really place yourself in that frame of mind. Really so, Rick, for Rick you're, you're, you're making assumptions though, because you're talking about like the, the visual effects and all that stuff. Like, I mean, we no, can no, I'm I'm not talking okay. about the visual effects of this movie. I'm making a point that when I saw Terminator the first time, everything was popping. When I watched it later, even though. I had seen it at one point, I couldn't watch it from the eyes of that point. I had to compare it to the CG of this time, because that's, that's, that is what I know. That's, if, that's if I watched this I'm movie in 1965, the plot would still be bad. And that's exactly yeah, it. I'm not talking that's about the plot. The plot. That's, like why, the, that's why... That, that, yeah, that's what Vince and I are judging it on his no, not not entirely, because you're saying, you know, oh, I can't believe that in 1960s they thought this would be the future and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm, I'm not saying your entire thought of it. I'm just saying certain points that you bring out, you have to realize that your your vision is is clouded by what you know today. So uh, that's all I'm saying. So for me... The plot is kind of irrelevant. Like I said, watching it, I have rose-colored glasses on. It's not like I watch it, you know, for it to be some Grammy Award-winning thing. 
it's it's James Bond. It's you know he he gets the girl, he beats the bad guy, he Which girl? averts the disaster. <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. The Thunderball won an Academy Award. Not for plot, man. Oh no no! no. <laughs> In 1966, it won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Oh, the <laughs> underwater stuff? I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 first of all, those guys are down there swimming with... Um, God, I just had the word. Well, they had the motorboat thing. The, the, Sharks? The, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the guns that they were holding, those were, those were spear guns. Oh, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I, I mean, those things are supposed to be able to be sh- shot from... A fairly good distance because you're shooting things that could eat you. Um, so yeah. um, I don't understand why they had to get up and cl- close and personal. Yeah, really but I mean the thing is, even if you look at movies that are made today, like come on, Mission Impossible, the newest version. He's heading to the the freaking the house where the villain is. The villain sets a bomb for two minutes. It takes him half a fucking day to get there, but there's no explosion. He gets there 15 seconds before it goes off. Oh, my God. And I'm not saying, he, Ricky, that there are like, unbelievable no, things. No, I'm just saying you can't say, oh, you know, they're shooting these spare guns from so far, from so close and they miss. I'm saying that's, that's just how it's always been. Like... You know, if you make fun of it in that movie, you gotta make fun of it in every other movie because it's, like, it's not I like it's not like the do. new movies of today are so, any so, better. Here, here's a point. Here's a point we can make. If you watch a movie in, two, say, the year 2000, and then you watch another movie, let's say they're part of a series in the year 2005, you see a progression of technology within those films, right? That you know whether it makes sense or not. Whatever, whether it's realistic or not, whatever, you see a progression of not only technology that they're portraying in the film, whether it be from that time that they're supposed to be shooting in or, you know, of the future, but also uh, film technology. It looks better. It looks crisper. It looks different, at least. Um, you know, I don't know if I can come up with a really good uh actual example of this, but you know, you can watch something from, say, a 10-year period that's 10 years apart. Yeah, like you can, you, can, you, can, you can tell that they were shot with different cameras. They had a different you know, film speed or whatever. Yeah. Um, we've watched four Bond films and they all look exactly the same. There's been no progression <laughs> in, uh, you know, how they were shot. They were no, there's no progression how they were written. There was no progression in, really in the technology that they portrayed. Um <coughs> If it ain't so I, broke, I, don't fix it. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess that's right because I mean they made a lot of money with this movie, right? Um, people love Sean Connery in, in these in these films, and I, I I'm still at 100 percent of the reason why because I think so far, and I got to remember I haven't we haven't got to the part where we watched you know any of the other Bonds. Yeah, I've only I've only seen three of them. I've seen P- Sean Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, and, and Daniel Craig. Um, but so far of those three. <laughs> He's the worst. And, I mean, everyone hates Pierce Brosnan's Bond. And, and frankly, I'm sorry. I mean, if you ask me, I would say Sean Connery was much better than Pierce Brosnan. Really? Uh, yeah, I might have I'm said sorry. that at the beginning too, but because uh, Pierce Brosnan had some 
terrible, terrible movies. And some of the lines in the Pierce Brosnan films are just so bad. Okay, but this, but is, not, this is where I got to say, though. Bond is like Batman, right? Because there's different takes. Like, think about the campy kind of, like, um, you know, the TV show Batman versus, like, the super, super damn dark, like, <laughs> Christian Bale Batman. I think Bond goes to the same evolution. The problem is that the Bond like um arc is that it's it's it goes up and down whereas batman it's increasingly become dark and darker and darker right so in this case with the thunderball movie it comes across as very campy campier than what was in the past and so in in my mind where the other pro the other movies were dealing with like you know um when america goes off the gold standard um you know that kind of situation when there is I can't remember the other plot points, but like, you know, later on we'll find like water resources are, are unavailable. So Bond's interaction with like political climate is dealing with that. That's kind of interesting and it makes sense. This was just like a, a kind of campy kind of thing that at the end of the day, he, like, do you remember that? It's all about this furthering, not a plot, but furthering the cliches. And like, do you remember the thing where he, um, he kills a guy and in, in the window and then, and for no reason, this is the thing that got me. For no reason, the guy gets killed. His head's like hanging out the window, and John and, and James Bond um, was strangling him with the, with the telephone. Remember? And oh, then yeah. the telephone thing comes off, and then the James Bond actually takes the cord and wraps it. Like the guy's clearly dead. He just quickly as he leaves, he wraps the cord back around the guy's neck. Just <laughs> yeah. or, or thro throwing flowers over the guy in the fireplace, or yeah. um uh, um. Yeah, there, was, there, there were there several of those that, in this movie. Uh, but so that's the maybe, thing. Maybe, like, maybe they're trying to is. give you a hidden meaning that Bond is a sadist. The level of cheekiness from Bond in this film is was way more than the previous film. So um, while while he was sneaking around and the guy who had his face redone, you know, you know, he had to get out of there, right? Because I, I mean, the guy was you know there, but he stopped and grabbed a grape. You know, <laughs> what? Why? I mean, can't you get, I mean, you're James freaking mine. Can't you get your own bunch of grapes? I mean, it, I mean it's just so. Yeah, he did it. It's I, just like, you I, know. I, mean, I, can, I, can, I can understand your point, Ricky, because you're right. I do judge films based through a lens of what I know today. I, I know I do that. Um, but I don't think I'm doing that with this film because I, because I understand that. If, if we take away my issues with the plot and the issues with Bond, you know, doing women and, and his cheekiness and all that stuff and just look at the, the, the special effects, the special effects did change between the last three films and this one. They're all, they were all equally bad compared to what we have today. And we mentioned it in every episode we've done for Boot Bond. Vince and I, we've talked about the, 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 the cars that drive with the background that goes into, you know, completely different direction no. they look like they're going back and forth um that's that happened in this movie it happened in the last three movies those things didn't change and yes we judged them for that but i don't think that that's really vincent and i's critique over this movie Our, <laughs> the critique this movie is that the plot was bad and it was it was superficial <laughs> and dumb um the, yeah. the level of uh i mean I understand that back in the '60s, women were treated much different than they were to, are today. But the level of rapiness, if that's a word, in this film far outpaced the one. I mean, at least in the last three movies, I mean, there were still levels of him being, you know, forceful. But 
they at least seemed consenting, you know. <laughs> the, yeah. the, the 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 woman, the, the the first woman there, the one that has like is his doctor or whatever. Um, I mean, I don't know how she ended up consenting at all. I mean, he literally pushed her into a like a sauna or whatever and yep. had his way with her. I mean, it's just like that, that's just and that was that that was all throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it I, I and I think Vince was right. Is that they took everything that's cliche about James Bond and turned it up. You know, to 11, and that's what this movie was about. It wasn't about the nuclear weapons. It wasn't about, you know, they could have made a good plot about uh, an organization stealing nuclear weapons, but the the plot about the nuclear weapons was kind of a, you know, an afterthought to James Bond getting his, you know, rocks off, you know? Well, well this, this, can I, I just want to interject on one thing, because I don't want to be all serious about this, but I think it's important to just contextualize a couple of things here, because in my mind, if I understand this correctly, Ian Fleming wrote these books, right? And when did he write this book as opposed to the movie coming out? Because I'm assuming that he wrote a lot of these books before they actually got made into movies, right? Am, am I correct on this? Um, give me a second. I'll be able to find out for you. Okay, because the reason why this is important is because you've got to understand, if this movie came out in like the 1960s, right? There was some bad stuff with atomic bombs. There was some bad stuff in like the Caribbean, like... Bay of Pigs happens right at the beginning of the 1960s, right, where America tries to, like, invade Cuba, right, just because of, like, the, the prospects of Russian, you know, nukes going down mm-hmm. there. And then I think um, – the so that's why I was like, okay, so maybe James Bond <laughs> is, is going to, like, use this as a really good plot point because it's actually a really topical issue, right? Like, remember, as of late, the more recent Bond movies were talking about, like, um, you know, whether or not, like, it, it might have been maybe 10 or 15 years ago, but there was a movie where it was like, um, Tomorrow Never Dies, I think it was, where, where James Bond has to take down this, um, this owner of basically, uh, uh like a Fox News kind of thing, where it, it, he's trying to own all the media, right? Like, as a ma- media magnet. And, and that's kind of cool, because that's topical. Or like, you know, in another movie I'd mentioned earlier, where Bond is trying to stop a guy from taking over underwater, like watershed, uh, sorry, undergrade watersheds to prevent other countries from getting water. Again, mm-hmm. a topical issue. And this is where I'm like, okay, maybe Thunderball comes as a response to the whole atomic crisis that is kind of pervasive in the 1960s, especially given the American failure in, in 1960, right? And maybe that's the reason why it's there. But then... I'm thinking at the same time, movies like Dr. Strangelove comes out in, in the 1960s and those are comedic, but they're very dark and they actually directly correlate to like people thinking, oh, you know, someone had, if someone crazy had the button to the bomb, then we're in a world of hurt, right? Mm-hmm. But again, you watch this movie and it's so farcical. Like the bomb, the, the, you know, atomic bombs, these things are not like little, like, you know, the, the, the cliched black spheres with a little like, you know, fuse on them. These things are like able to wipe out kilometers of like radius of, 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 of like, you know, death. So it's just the levity and the kind of farcical nature of it is very much at odds with what was going on in the 1960s, right? So first to answer your question, the book came out in 1961, March 1961. Oh, so, wow. So it was four years before the movie came out. Um, That's really strange. It, it, though, right? it happened two years, it happened two years after the Bay of Pigs, right? So, um, oh. Jeez, Here's a question for you. Do you think that they deliberately made it so farcical because of how serious things were at the time? You know, so, I mean, I guess when I mean, if, if we were in like a really bad war, um, would you want to really want to go to watch a movie about how bad war is or how 
don't think you'd watch a movie about just like as a as a comedic thing, right? And even yeah, making make, making fun of the war, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you wouldn't want to make fun of like right, right after nine eleven, you wouldn't want to watch a movie about make, making fun well, of maybe it, maybe it was at that time. Maybe it wasn't making fun of the war, but but more about putting themselves in a more positive light. Mm-hmm. You know I, what I mean? Like but, but as in British people be able to do that, right? right? Say it again, Vince. But I, but if you think about it, Rick, like I, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, Bond, like the like whoever Paramount or whoever United Artists mm-hmm. or whatever movie agency was doing it, mm-hmm. Bond would not be the movie franchise to deliver that message. It would have been like mm-hmm. some other random, like if it's satire, if it's comedy or whatever, mm-hmm. it would be like inherently tying it to a franchise, <laughs> which is action, like dudes kind of having fun kind of movie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right, so. Vince, you said something earlier about how um, the, the the Bond series kind of goes up up and down, and th- that's really interesting to me because you're right. We were talking about Pierce Brosnan, how he had a couple of movies that were really serious, but he all and were very topical at the time. But then he also had the one where the guy had a satellite up in space that was basically going to a gigantic magnifier. Um, so just, yeah, so th- that just you know, and he, he was melting the North Pole. Um, oh, was that the plot? Oh, was that really the yeah, plot? Yeah, that, that, that was that was the plot. The, the 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 guy was North Korean. He he went through some kind of um, surgery or whatever to make him you know white boy. Um, and no, he, no, no, that was the one with Madonna. That was um, no, no, it was the one with Halle Berry, dude. Um, yeah, it was the one with Halle Berry. Halle Berry, and they're they're in this gigantic ice castle somewhere, like maybe Iceland or somewhere. Um, and, and um, the guy has the like, gigantic that. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it also has um, Rosamund Pike in it as okay. the yeah. the villainous chick. Um, anyways, uh, I mean, totally not totally not sensical, you know, topical at all because it's a magnifying glass and we're all ants. I mean, it was. I, I there's. I think there. I think as we go through the series, we're going to see just what you say is that it kind of goes up and down. We'll see ones where it's serious and very topical, like um, Quantum of Solace, the one we were talking about where they um, were stealing the water. Um, and then we'll see the, the, the farcical ones like Thunderball and the, the, the Pierce Brosnan one where they're, you know, um, it, it'd be curious to, to find out why they weren't serious all the time. I think that's something that I'd really like to find out is why the tone of the films go up and down. Well, I don't know. Maybe it has nothing to do with ownership because from what I understand, like there, there was a reason why uh, John Connery came in and came out of being Bond, right? There was a reason why uh, Lazenby or Dalton only lasted like one or two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, now, I don't know the entire story, but the Broccoli family is the one that owns the rights to it, right? I mean, first of all, we can just admire that they have a last name of Broccoli. But um, I don't broccoli. even know if that's how you <laughs> – is, is it Broccoli? Is, I, I, I'm, 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 I don't care. I'm calling them Broccoli. I'm just going to live with that, and that's just going to be my torch to bear because it's much better as Broccoli. I don't even know if it's spelled the same. I don't care. It's what we're calling them. Anyways, I, I think they've owned it all the way through, but they've changed – they don't get along with people. They're, like, very – um, iron fisted with what they want to do, so they fire people all the time. I think I think that that's the case. I I could be completely wrong. Um, just like I'm wrong. Or about I think they, there's they, a certain draw they want. Um, in terms of 
you know, money, accolades, whatever. Well, I mean, and the Bronze Films have always made money, right? Yeah, the Bronze Films have always made money. Yeah, but I mean, Timothy Dalton, he wasn't really, you know. But even more recently, MGM, I mean, granted, MGM, you know, collapsed or whatever, and but they owned part of the, you know, the, the, the part of the property. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the Bercoli, whatever the fuck their name's family is, um, you know, you know, they didn't want to let it go to another studio, um, for whatever reason. So they ended up having to, all this stuff. So I mean, it was kind of, I think that they're very, I don't know, um, tight with the, the mm-hmm. rights or whatever. Anyways, um, so why don't we go around and give, uh, uh, scores? Vince, what would you give this movie? Three out of ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, Ricky? Uh, I would give it probably a seven out of ten. Okay. Um, I will give. I'm gonna give it a. a you know, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with a three out of ten as well. Um, I, and I don't. I don't think, like I said, I don't think I'm marking it down for the the, the effects because, um, <laughs> they were done before. They're still done. It's just the the plot was bad. Um, and and. And we'll end on this. Sean Connery still can't do a British accent with the damn consistency, really. and it just bothers. It just so bothers me. So. Um, I so I mean, you guys know how good I am at geography and you know stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, isn't Scotland part of the United Kingdom? Couldn't have they just made him Scottish? I mean, I understand he's British in the books. Yeah, I think that's the reason why they keep him British, man. Right, but, but I mean, Sean Connery's Scottish. Just let him be Scottish, and he could do his that own accent, and he wouldn't have to try to be, you know, try British words that he can't say. Um, <laughs> I don't want to try to be British. It's it's just something I know I can't do, and he should know his limits. Anyways, um, it is, I, I you guys have anything else to say about the movie? No, no, no. I'm good. But uh, they, okay. they've got to be a bounce back from this one, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing next. Ricky's going to be the, <laughs> Ricky has the choice, so, oh, hmm. as, as, as Samuel Jackson said, hold on to your butts. Uh, <laughs> go, 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 Joker. go full Joker, man, go full Joker. Um, no. Yeah, anyway, so Ricky is the one who chooses, chooses the next morning. Okay. He has not done so yet. You could, I thought you know, I what? did, like, oh, no, maybe. Maybe I didn't do it so no, I, I, I the, the only one we have... Oh, uh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Well, tell us now. Come on, man, tell us. Huh? Don't, don't, you don't want to take hold... a guess, Matt? Huh. Come on, Jason Statham is, is, is and The Rock. Be, uh, uh, Sean Hobbs? Yes. <laughs> is <laughs> it really? It. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I want to watch that movie. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I hope I get a... Uh, Vincent, Vince, you're gonna hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, re- no reprieve. Yeah, like, like Vincent's just gonna hate that movie because that's, that's, no, that's, that's like, okay. Vince will just get get me back next when it's his choice. He'll do a, like a long ass musical or something. Oh no, we're gonna make you. Sit, you're gonna be here for the Greatest Showman, Ricky. That's 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 coming up. Wait, just you're wait. Gonna be here for that. I have never made anyone watch. Have I, have I, have I picked the musical? <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Um, street Streets of New York, Gangs of New York. No, no, no. He's thinking about West Side Story, that and that was me. That was him. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> there was another one, something of New York. Gangs of New York. That was my, that was Matt too. And that's oh, not, was I, it? That was me too. It also, wasn't was a musical. <laughs> yeah, not not even close to being a musical. 
Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, and it was that was a very long movie, but it wasn't a musical. Okay, anyways, um, so we're doing Sh- Sean Hobbs. I will put that in the show notes for you, Ricky. Okay. Um, is is that on? Is that actually out of theaters? So are we gonna be able to get like a, a court recording of that? That's not terrible. Uh, by the time, as we're by the time we do another episode, it probably will be out on DVD and probably in the back of vault and back out of the vault. Anyways, that is it. That is it for us this time. Uh, Sean Shaw and Hobbs will be the next one to record. Whether or not they'll be the next one you hear, as I said, we'll be interspersing some of our older stuff in between episodes that we've currently recorded. Yeah, um, it's on iTunes October fifteenth. So, oh, it's okay. out in digital. Right. All right, yes. Yeah, so it'd be easy to get that from Pirate Bay. <laughs> Anyways, if you want to get in contact, anything. if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Email at the threecast dot com. You can follow us on Twitter at the threecast. You can follow Ricky at Ricky underscore Wims one on Twitter. Uh, Vince is V W H U I, and I am at M T W B. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook dot com slash the threecast. Now, um, one last quasi announcement: the website may be going away. Um, no one uses the website; they just get it from the various podcatchers. Um, and frankly, I'm sick of keeping up two different things. I got to go to Anchor to upload it and put everything there and transfer it over to the website. It's a pain in the ass. So the website may be going away. I haven't decided, actually decided, but if you go to the website and you can't get there, don't worry about it. The email and everything else will continue to work. I'll keep the domain. I'm just not sure if I'm going to keep the hosting. If not, I haven't made that decision yet. Um, I am not changing the name. I promise. <laughs> I have discovered going back through some of our old episodes that we, there was a period of like two years that we changed the name three times. Um, I won't do that again. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I can't believe you guys have actually put up with my bullshit the entire time. It's terrible. <laughs> Anyways, we will see you uh, next time on the Freakcast. Take care. Yeah.